This is Cruise Radio. You work hard for your vacation. Make sure you protect it with a trip insurance policy. Find one today at tripinsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. This little Christmas episode, but it's really not a Christmas episode. It's the same episode you've been hearing for the past eight years or so, just one day closer to Christmas. We'll get a review of Celebrity Reflection this week. Also, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, standing by with cruise news. What else? Oh, yeah, a big welcome to our Spotify listeners. Some people checking in on Spotify. Uh, They added us a couple of weeks ago, so welcome. And don't forget to check out our website, cruiseradio.net. Also, our Facebook group, Cruise Radio News. Come in there and kick around the cruise conversation with us. Oh, before we get to Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. Gosh, that's a mouthful. That's what she said. We did, uh, one of my writers, Heather, a couple of years ago, wrote The Cruiser's Night Before Christmas, a fun little take on Twas the Night Before Christmas, and it got a great response when we first aired it. We had it professionally cut by Craiger, the voice guy here. So I'll upload that in the next day or so. So I'll be listening for that right before Christmas time. And now it's Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy. What's up, man? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Happy Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you too, man. And a Merry Christmas to the Carnival Corporation shareholders. Uh, Carnival Corporation had a good fourth quarter, huh? They, they had a stellar uh, fourth quarter uh, considering uh, hurricanes um, and uh, and you know, higher fuel costs, mm-hmm. um, they, they posted uh, adjusted net income of about $452 million, uh, which is about $0.63 cents per share. And why that's uh, significant is that uh, analysts um, had been expecting about $0.51. Cents. Mm-hmm. So they turned in $0.63, cents and uh, they were obviously uh, extremely happy. Okay, so Carnival Corporation is making a lot of money. Good for them. But how does this impact the cruiser, the general cruise consumer? Well, it's, it's higher pricing, it's higher onboard revenues, uh, higher, higher um, you, know, you know, book position for, for going into 2018, more shore excursions, more purchasing, um, you know, as they you know, continue to bring more ships online, you know, within the Carnival Corporation and their nine brands, uh, it just, it all, look, it all adds up. And uh, despite, you know, hiccups that, uh, you know, have been occurring, um, they continue to perform or outperform uh, the industry uh, analysts. Yeah. Good for them. Some not-so-good news. Uh, Twelve cruise guests were killed uh, on a shore excursion. Was it in Costa Maya this past week? Yeah, it's, uh, they, were, um, they were passengers on two of Royal Caribbean uh, cru- uh, cruises, uh, ships, uh, Royal Caribbean's uh, Serenade of the Sea and Celebrity Cruises, Celebrity Equinox. Um, there was a bus with about 27 passengers, and uh, they were uh, on their way to do a shore excursion um, uh, nearby. And uh, unfortunately, the, the bus uh, that they were on overturned, killing uh, 12 of the uh, passengers yeah. on, board the, on board the bus, which obviously was, was very unfortunate. But, uh, Doug, I, I just, uh, it's, it's very important for us to tell people that, I mean, the cruise lines are not hiring third-rate companies. Mm-hmm. The... The demand, the bidding process, the vetting process that these tour operators have to go through is significant. I mean, they're just not uh, looking at some guy on a on a camel and saying, "Hey, you know, we can put two passengers on board," or you know, "I've got a bus, I can fit 50 people, and that bus is poorly maintained." I mean, there's a rigorous process. I mean, the cruise lines, just like with their ships, they're not going to put their passengers on subpar products and endanger their safety and their lives. Mm-hmm. And, and when I see these 
ambulance chasing attorneys get on TV making it sound like, well, you know, Royal Caribbean was negligent. Well, you know, again, Royal Caribbean was not, we, we don't know the facts of the matter, mm-hmm. but the bottom line is, is that these are subcontractors that just like all the cruise lines do, they, they hire these companies, but these companies have to go through a very rigorous process to, to ensure that they've got the right people involved, the right equipment involved, and that they can operate these uh, tours uh, in a very safe and very enjoyable manner for their passengers, or they'll just find somebody else. You know, it's funny you say this because a maritime lawyer emailed me today wanting to come on the show to pretty much slam Royal Caribbean, saying how at fault they were and they just hire anybody to do their shore excursions. But I don't really think that's the case, is it? Doug, you you and I have both done a lot of cruises and we've done a lot of tours and we both know that is not the case. Yeah. I mean, even down to the the large tenders mm-hmm. that that bring you know passengers to and from the the ships when they're not using their their own lifeboats, um, you know when they're tendering you know three four or five thousand people, uh, even the the tender operators have to go through a very rigorous process, and it's just nothing but you know sensationalism, propaganda, fake news. You know they're just they're just full of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've been on plenty of tours. We've both been on plenty of tours. You've been on the buses. Have you, have you ever felt that the bus was unsafe or the people operating were unsafe or unskilled? Yeah, never. I never have in all my years of cruising. Neither have I. Yeah. It's just it's, it's it's unfortunate that you get people like that. They like the grandstand and uh, and and try to profit from, you know, people's misery. I mean, it was an accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, I I I wonder if this same attorney is 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 parading around you know, uh, chasing after people that were unfortunately injured or killed on the Amtrak train. Right. You know, yeah. it, you it, it's unfortunate. It, it happens. It wasn't done on purpose. And it, it's not like, you know, the, the lines are putting profits uh, before safety. Because, again, one true incident, one, you know, true you know, incident of negligence doesn't just harm a particular cruise line. It could harm an industry. Yeah. And no, they're, they're just not going to take chances like that. Uh, Royal Caribbean also in the news. A uh, couple of ships with norovirus. Did I read? Uh, yeah, you're, you are correct. And uh, what's, what's interesting is, you know, we, we know here in the United States. Now, first of all, the norovirus is the stomach flu. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. I mean, I, we've all had the stomach flu before. Uh, in the United States alone, there are 21 million cases reported. Now, you know, we all, you know, believe that number to be significantly higher. Mm-hmm. For the first time. It's uh, the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, are actually posting a global number. And that global number, Doug, you ready? Mm-hmm. Is 685 million cases reported annually of norovirus worldwide. Wow. I'll say it again. 685 <laughs> million worldwide. Now, in 2017, uh, I went and did the math. There were 10 ships report that had outbreaks on them, including the uh, December 11th Independence of the Seas, mm-hmm. according to the CDC, who is the governmental agency that uh, worldwide that is actually taking control of that. Um, and uh, of the 10 ships, there were 1,283 cruise passengers. Obviously a very small number. And when you see, well, why are the media picking up on this and making such a big deal? Well, I mean, I'll point out, Doug, never has a cruise line or a cruise ship ever been cited as being the contaminant, meaning 
they, they, they've had contaminated food or water on board the ship. Yeah. It's yeah. always passengers bringing it on. Now, mm-hmm. on, on the Independence of the Sea ship, there were, um, you, know, you know, what, 310 reported cases. It was only a five-day cruise, and it takes a good, uh, you know, two to three days to really, you know, incubate and see the first signs of it. So there's a very good possibility that there was a group of people that were infected that uh, went on board the ship. And, and really, what, what do you need to do to combat this? Wash your hands. Soap and water. Hand gels and hand sanitizers don't do anything to combat norovirus. So it's, it's very important. You limit your people-to-people uh, contact. Uh, I've been on plenty of ships that had uh, norovirus outbreaks um, in, in Alaska uh, specifically and um, never contracted it. Um, my son had it on a, on a, on a ship in, in, a, in the, the Bahamas once. Uh, mm-hmm. you know soap and you know soap and water wash keep you know keep your hands washed you know if you're going to touch the railings make sure you don't touch your nose or you touch your mouth but um we're talking about a very insignificant number though there was one cruise that was a lengthy cruise uh, that went you know uh, doing australia and new zealand and um you know which was royal caribbean's ovation of the seas and um it's it's unfortunate but it, it look it happens is it is it something to be concerned about Absolutely not. Yeah. Switching gears here, St. Martin welcoming cruise ships back. It's great news to see more of the islands continue to re- you know, return to normal, be able to have these ships uh, returning with, with passengers to take shore excursions, you know, um, enjoy the shopping, the great shopping that they have uh, in the islands, and certainly uh, being able to do so before the holidays. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, the people there could, could really use the assistance. And, and as we've discussed on several past shows, it's so important. It's such a great way to go on vacation. Yeah. And it, it's a great way to be able to help the, these people in these islands, you know, during the recovery by supporting them, by, you know, giving them jobs, you know, allowing them to work. They're not asking for handouts. Go into their stores, you know, take their excursions, um, hire, you know, t- you know, use the cabs, eat in the restaurants. It's a great way to be able to directly impact the livelihood and income of these people by going to visit. Yeah. And, hey, you got yourself a nice vacation uh, to boot. Carnival Fascination, one of their fantasy-class ships, is getting a major upgrade in 2018, which must say a lot about these fantasy-class ships in uh, the terms of making a lot of money for the company, huh? Well, they, they are. I mean, you, you'd think that uh, at, at some point, remember the Carnival Fantasy, which was the first one, uh, which came out in 1990, um, you know, would have been on its way out. But um, so the ships, you know, that were built in the 90s were, were built so well and designed so well that, I mean, these, are, these ships can be, you know, retrofitted, modified, and now they're being upgraded to include a lot of the features that their newest ships have. Yeah. Uh, for example, I mean, they're going to put the guys, uh, you know, Guy Fieri's burger joint on board, the very uh, popular Red Frog Rum Bar, the Blue Iguana Cantina, the tequila bar, um, their their candy store, cherries on top. Um, they have a really great uh, um, alchemy bar, uh, which you know kind of has uh, what they call vintage themed cocktails. It's, you know, like and it's just it's a lot of fun. You and I both have enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also going to have the bonsai sushi. So um, I mean, there's a lot of really ni- nice things that they, they've been doing. And you know, at some point, Doug, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised when they start to move and rotate these ships. You know, maybe out to you know into the China market. You know, once more of the newer ships come in, but uh, they've done phenomenally well with these uh, fantasy class uh, ships, 
as they, they reposition them around the United States and uh, for them to make this kind of a commitment and an investment to, you know, add all these new, you know, all this new hardware to the ship is, is really significant. Stuart, is it be, are they keeping these ships? Is it because these ships are paid for, like they were paid for a long time ago and they're just profit makers now? Well, I mean, but it allows them to serve many more markets and, because they're and, and obviously many more people. Okay. Um, they've, they've really held, um, I mean, the, 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 sh- the ships that were, were so well built that uh, they were able to transcend time and they can get into smaller ports. I mean, if, if it wasn't for one of these fantasy class ships, I mean, Mobile would have never gotten another, you know, a ship back. Yeah. Uh, they're able to go and test. I mean, these are their smallest ships now. Mm-hmm. And they were able to go and test, you know, certain markets. Uh, Charleston uh, had one of these, and now they're going to be swapping it out and testing uh, Carnival Sunshine. So that Carnival Sunshine out of Charleston is going to be the first 100,000 ton ship in that market. Yeah. Um, but it just it, it does allow certain markets that don't have the ability to put larger ships, like Jacksonville, um, you know, to be able to put these 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 ships in the in these markets uh, to continue to grow them, yeah. and and then they can you know, decide whether they want to add an additional ship or add in uh, the larger ships. But, you know, these ships have done phenomenally well in the four- and five-day market. And, uh, and and right now it looks continually, you know, they, they look like they're going to be able to continue to do so. You know, it's just an additional ship. They're making, they're making money. So, obviously, you're going to do what you need to to keep it relevant, which is exactly what's going on here. Last but not least, Norwegian Cruise Line announced some 2019 deployments. Anything exciting or stick out here? Well, I mean, we, we certainly expected uh, Norwegian Bliss, um, which is going to be coming out uh, in 2018, to return to Alaska because they said it was specifically, it was purpose-built for Alaska. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Pearl and Jewel, uh, I mean, Getaway, you know, had a great uh, summer in the Baltic, so they're going to be sending her back there. Um, Norwegian Jewel's going to, you know, head back to, uh, you know, sail between uh, Vancouver and, and Seward, Alaska. And uh, Epic is uh, going to be uh, heading back to Europe and uh, doing, uh, you know, Western Mediterranean. So, so pretty much the same as 2018. Exactly. Yeah. Very nice. We've been talking with Stuart Shearer on the Cruise Guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thank you, buddy. Hey, my pleasure. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. 
Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Want more Cruise Radio? Find a library of over 400 episodes on iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. Todd just returned from an 11-night sailing on Celebrity Reflection in the Med. Todd, welcome to the show, bud. Hey, thank you very much. Now, you're like me. You love Celebrity Reflection, but I want to take a step back before we get over to the Western Med. What made you want to return this time? Well, we had been on the Reflection last year on the Eastern Mediterranean, and we have been on Celebrity maybe three or four other times and just really enjoy that line and uh, love the ship Reflection. Now, are you uh, an exclusive Celebrity Cruiser? I would not say we're exclusive to that, but we have had a long break between um, cruising back in the mid-2000s on Royal Caribbean, okay. and then we kind of just got back into it in the last three or four years and um, have been on Celebrity quite a bit. Okay, cool. Now, you're over in Iowa, and the cruise left out of Rome, so uh, you make your way over to Rome. Uh, any pre-cruise nights over there? We did two nights in Rome prior to um, getting on the ship. And did a lot of sightseeing in those two days. The first day we were very tired as we had flown the whole night the night before. Um, We flew direct out of Chicago to Rome and uh, found it very easy to get around Rome with some transportation we had set up in advance. Cool. Now, from Rome to the cruise port of uh, Shivashivekia, wherever you pronounce it, uh, that's like what, an hour-ish? Yeah, it's approximately one hour. We um, had the transportation company pick us up at about 10 a.m. downtown Rome, very near the Spanish Steps. And then we drove up there. It was about an hour and 10 minutes. And it was really very easy. Um, They took us right to the area where the porters pick up the luggage at the ship. So it was very easy luggage handling. Are the Spanish Steps still under construction over there? I didn't really notice that, no. Um, We actually, where we stayed was kind of on the top of the Spanish Steps, Mm -hmm. where where we walked to. So we didn't actually go down them this time, but we kind of watched them from up above. Yeah, I was over there earlier in the summer, and uh, there was only like a little tiny sliver of the steps open because they were doing some, like, uh, I guess, restoration work there. So you make your way to the cruise pier. Uh, How was your embarkation uh, getting onto Celebrity Reflection? It was really very easy. They have an outside tent that is set up um, where you come in and they give you a clipboard and you do your health screening forms. So everybody does that and you get your paperwork out, which is like your pre-cruise ticket, which you've printed at home. But the shuttle or the, the transportation we set up um, through, I guess it's called Bob's Limousine, which worked really well. Um, we um, got out of the car, the porters picked up our luggage, we gave them a few euros to, to transport that. And we were in uh, through the security um, metal detector very quickly. And then we arrived about 1130 in the morning and there were really no lines as far as getting on the ship. So it was really very smooth. Awesome. I know you've been on Celebrity Reflection before, but uh, this time around, what were your first impressions of the ship? For us, it, it feels a little bit like um, walking into a hotel you've stayed in before or a little bit like going home, which is very comforting to us when we're in a foreign country, especially. Um, but we have been on um, Equinox, Eclipse, and Reflection, which are all sister ships and laid out pretty much the same. So it feels very much like, okay, this, this interior is very familiar and, um, and feels like home. What's the first thing you did when you got on the ship? Like everyone else, I think we uh, headed up and had lunch. It was about lunchtime, and so we 
we were offered a drink on the way in, some champagne, and then we um, headed up to the buffet area. We actually sat outside. It was a beautiful day. And so we we were there with one other couple, and we um, the four of us had lunch and um, kind of just enjoyed the sunshine, waited for the rooms to be ready. We had a little bit of business to do down at Guest Relations, so we went down to the Passport Bar, had a drink there, and um, got that taken care of, and um, just waited for the time that we could get into the room. Is the Passport Bar the bar that has the ice kind of the ice on it? that one's considered the martini bar. Um, That one is uh, like one floor up. It's kind of above guest relations. Passport is, uh, I believe it's on deck four, and it's a very low-key bar, very very nice, but pretty small. What kind of stateroom did you book, and what were your thoughts of it? We had a standard balcony room. We liked it very much. Um, We've been in that layout before, and so we're very familiar with um, what we had available for unpacking and so on. Put our luggage under the bed. Uh, we unpacked very quickly, asked for some extra hangers so we could hang everything up. We use the bins above the bed a lot. The uh, flip open cupboards are very handy for, for a lot of your clothing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. As far as the balcony space, what were your thoughts of that? The balcony, we're very impressed with the balconies on, on these ships, this class of ship. Our friends were in the cabin right next door to us, so we had the um, room steward take the divider down, and so then we had the double balcony, basically. Now, there's a portion of the divider that's still there, but then we had kind of a double wide balcony. There were times that we actually moved all four chairs over to one side mm-hmm. of that double of that divider and, 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 and it was it was very tight when you had four chairs over there, but it but we, we had drinks together and stuff um, just on one half of the balcony or one one half of two balconies and it worked out fine. Cool. Now, uh, let's talk about the dining. Now, their buffet area is called the Ocean View Cafe, if I'm not mistaken. What do you think of the food there? We mostly had breakfast there, um, not every day. Um, some of the days we did eat breakfast on shore, but every other day we had breakfast there. We always thought it was very fresh. They do have some made-to-order stations for eggs and omelets, that kind of thing. Most of the days we didn't want to take that much time. We wanted to get going into the port. So we we usually just had the, the eggs that were already prepared and the, and the things that were already easy to grab and, and kind of made a quick breakfast out of it. But I think the food quality is good. It's always hot, very fresh. I think their coffee is really good. So we're very impressed with that. Their main dining room is beautiful on Celebrity Reflection. Uh, what time dining did you have? We had the open or select dining, I guess it's called. So we didn't have a designated time and we did not then have like a designated table. So we had more of the open seating. We went about 7.30 on the nights that we did do dining in the main dining room and didn't really have any weights. The wait staff was, was very good. Uh, we thought the food was very good. We kind of went overboard, I think, on the specialty dining this time, which um, is a fairly new, new ad for us, a new thing for us. Now that we found it, we just really kind of love it. Mm-hmm. So um, we were in the main dining room just, I think, two nights Okay. You know, what specialty venues did you go to? We did all of the um, four that you can include in the, in the package. So mm-hmm. we did Tuscan Grill, which is the Italian steakhouse. We did Murano, which is, um, I think it's French, but it's a very kind of intimate setting. There's, mm-hmm. uh, there's not really a lot of uh, tables available in there. It's a very uh, white tablecloth, very upscale feel. 
um, excellent food there as well. We did the Lawn Club a couple nights, which is up on deck 15, I believe. It's outside with some windbreak windows around um, that protect you from the wind. It was very pleasant. Um, if it's cool, they turn some heaters on that are overhead heaters, um, which one of the nights it was cool enough to have those heaters on. And then we did cuisine one night, which is uh, kind of the fanciful dining. It's uh, small portions done in a very fun way. You order for the table various dishes and uh, the wait, wait staff helps you with that and you order through an iPad and, and uh, they have a lot of offerings and you try to narrow it down to, you know, five out of 20 mm-hmm. possible offerings or something. In the lawn club, is that where you cook your own steak? You can cook your own steak. We did not do that, but mm-hmm. we did make our own flatbread pizzas. Okay. So um, in our group, there was uh, two couples. And so the two girls made um, a flatbread pizza, which they liked. And the two guys made one, which we liked, and and then shared those a little bit. And, and uh, really turns out great. The, the staff helps you. If you're not good at getting the uh, pizza crust spread out just right, they'll help you. And so that's a lot of fun. Did they put the sushi place on reflection or is that still like the, is it a crepery still there? No, they do have the sushi restaurant okay. and we did not go there. We, we thought about it one night. Mm-hmm. It was, um, that one they actually recommend doing, it's an a la carte pricing. So they don't really even recommend that you use one of your package nights yeah. there if you buy a package because it actually probably is cheaper to do the a la carte than it would be to use one of your package nights there. It sounds like you can get a lot of um, sushi for, you know, under 20 bucks there. We didn't try it. We kind of wish we would have, but we, we had enough other specialty dining that we just, we just didn't make it this time. Gotcha. Uh, as far as the entertainment for the 11 nights, how was that? I think the theater is beautiful and, and the entertainment they offer is is really, I consider, very top-notch. Um, our, our family does. A little bit of the problem with this itinerary is that it is so port-intensive that um, you're tired. Mm-hmm. And um, just just getting ready and going to dinner, um, you're pretty, pretty shot by the end of the time. So we made several shows. We saw the comedian that they brought in, which he was, he was very good. Um, there was a group of four guys that were singers from London and Scotland that did uh, a lot of uh, numbers from Jersey Boys and Les Mis. They were excellent. I forget their name of their group, but I think they were like a guest group that was brought on. But the production show that we went to that was um, one that I don't think anyone should miss if they get on this ship. And I don't know if refl- if a Celebrity does it on other ships, but Broken Strings was a show that I had read about prior to getting on and uh, had seen some video clips and it was one we did not want to miss and uh, we were not disappointed. It was great, great music and, and uh, great dancing and singing by the production cast. How was the vibe around the ship as far as like uh, music in the public areas and that kind of thing? There was several offerings. Um, one of the things they, they did a couple nights was the silent disco, which we had never participated in, in before, and it just looked like a lot of fun, so we joined in on that. That was great. Down in the bar that is right off of the specialty dining area, I forget the name, I think it's the Ensemble Lounge or Bar, they rotate groups through there, so one night there was... Um, a solo guitar guy who sang, he did a great job. And then there's another group that is like two string players 
they did a great job. No, no singing on that one, but they, they, they just play. It feels like you're on the Titanic a little bit. Yeah. There's also a, a band that does uh, like the pool area, sail away kind of music. They did a great job. And then pretty much every evening, there's several different offerings right down in the Grand Foyer area. Sometimes it's live, sometimes it's the DJ, um, but there's usually something going on there from about I'd say six in the evening till ten thirty at night. Cool. Now these Mediterranean sailings are always so port intensive. How many sea days did you have? We only had two sea days okay. out of eleven nights. Wow. So we we felt a little tired out, a little shortchanged. I mean, we really looked forward to those sea days. They were spaced mm-hmm. nicely. Um, we started right out with ports, and we did port, 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 and then a sea day, and then port, 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 and then a sea day on the way back. So it it, it was spaced out nicely. But um, if you're not going to Europe often, which we don't, you know, it's a big deal for us to see Europe. We wanted to see everything we could see. So we we really hit it hard in the ports and um, really enjoyed those sea days as kind of down days. How was it around the ship, like the vibe as far as crowds and congestion on your sea days? It was really very good. The time of year we were there, we hit the weather beautifully, but it was it was mid-October. It was getting late in the season, and it was not like hot Caribbean weather. So, so the pool was pleasant to be outside. It was 75-ish and sunny, um, but it was not crowded at all. Um, we were able to get four chairs together the couple times that we wanted to do that, so that was not a problem at all. As far as crowding or anything on the sea days, the only time I noticed more than any other time was on the second sea day, nine in the morning, we all decided that we wanted to have kind of a leisurely breakfast, just take our time. And we just hit it when everybody else did. So the the buffet area that day was very full. It was hard to even find a table for four. Um, We did. And then uh, there was a lot of crowding that time. But I, I really think Everybody else was doing the same thing we were doing. They'd slept in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it was a C day. It was a down day. It was the last day. And, and, and people were just kind of, you know, taking their time. They didn't have anywhere they needed to be. So I don't really fault anybody over that. It just Otherwise, everything was very smooth. The uh, Solstice-class ship has that, what is it called, the Sunset Bar in the back of the ship? Yeah, that so was nice. probably our favorite yeah. bar venue. It was kind of uh, fun for us. Um, my wife and I, we currently live in Iowa, we got back there and saw several shirts from Minnesota, which is where we were really originally from. Mm-hmm. So we were able to strike up a lot of conversations about Minnesota. And ultimately, we found out that um, there was a TV station from Minneapolis that was there, which was doing uh, like a 40-person you know, viewer cruise. So, so the, the, the guest host was there, his wife was there, but then they had all of these folks that, that had like signed up to do this trip with this afternoon show in the Twin Cities market. So we made some connections there and it was a lot of fun to uh, to see that group. They were really having a lot of fun together. They Most of them knew each other. I want you to uh, jog your memory here and can you run down the list of ports you went to? Okay, I'll try to do this in order. That's so cool. the first day after leaving uh, Civitavecchia, the first day we ported at La Spezia mm-hmm. and there you have a choice on where you want to go. You can either go to Pisa or Florence, or the Cinque Terre region. We chose Cinque Terre. We used the train and uh, got from city to city through the train. We spent all day there 
it was a real long day. I don't think we needed to be back until like seven o'clock. So we used all of that time and saw all of the five villages, a couple of them twice, which were photographers. So um, mm-hmm. it was probably our highlight as far as photography goes. Then from there, we moved over to Villefranche. And that day you have a choice either to go to Nice or go to Monaco. And we chose to go to Monaco. We took the train and um, we took the bus back. Monaco was beautiful. Our weather throughout was beautiful. We had 75 degrees and sunshine every day, so we were very fortunate. The next day was Barcelona, which was overnight in Barcelona, so that was kind of a treat. And um, we were a little worried ahead of time about Barcelona because of the unrest that's going on with the Catalonian mm-hmm. Spanish government um, uprising or secession plan or whatever they're doing there. We saw some flag raising, uh, flag waving, but we didn't really see any kind of violence or any kind of protests that were serious. So we felt really good about that. We went to the uh, large church there, the Holy Family Church. I'm not going to get the name right, but like Sagrada Familia. Yeah, sure. It's close enough. Very nice. Then we had a sea day. And then um, the next port then was Malaga, Spain, which is down very south. Mm beautiful city. And then we next day were in Gibraltar, which was another highlight for us. We just did the taxi cab tour and all of those cab drivers are trained tour guides. So they did a great job of getting us to the top of the rock and uh, seeing the monkeys, uh, Barbary apes, I guess they're called, but uh, the monkeys, the caves, the tunnels, the airport, little bit of tour in the city and then we just had some shopping time there and had lunch in the in the downtown of Gibraltar. Then I think we went back more north in Spain to Cartagena mm-hmm. and that was another beautiful city. We visited the museum there of uh, like shipwreck. There's a shipwreck museum there and did some shopping. And the next day we went to Ibiza, the island off of Spain. Uh, we kind of had a beach day that day. Um, That was really the only day that we had much for cloudiness, um, so that was really nice. And then the following day was a day at sea. Um, We went back through the islands of, uh, oh, I'm going to get the names wrong, but Sardinia. Mm -hmm. Um, On the way way back there, we crossed through uh, two islands about eight at night one night. I was able to get out and uh, check out the islands and and, uh, that we were going through, which was kind of cool. And um, then we were back, back in Rome. Cool. How was your disembarkation process once you got to Rome? It was very smooth. Um, This is one where we had set up the transportation with Celebrity, their shuttle, because we had a pretty early flight. And since we had booked our air through Celebrity and we, and we, we, on, on this part, we booked uh, that transportation with Celebrity as well, because we thought, well, if we miss the plane, then it's kind of on them. We've booked everything with them. Mm-hmm. It was more expensive than probably it needed to be, but we found there was some value in that. So they were very much attuned to what um, group we were in getting off the ship. We got off at 6.45 a.m. We walked to our luggage. The porters were right there. They knew exactly which bus we should go on to be in group eight, I think we were in. And they loaded our luggage for us. We gave them a few euros for tips. And on this shuttle bus then, or it was a large kind of uh, Greyhound type bus, there was a person from Celebrity there that was basically a helpful person, a tour guide kind of person. She sent around a paper, found out what airlines all of us were going to, 
and they when they dropped us off or before they dropped us off she announced um where to go if you're on American Airlines and what station number you should go to, like okay. station 400 or station 412 or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she had that all figured out for us, which was very helpful, in, especially walking into a foreign airport where we don't speak Italian. Totally. It was, it was yeah. extremely helpful. Awesome. Uh, so looking back over this cruise, do you have any tips to offer? I would say one tip I would say is if you're if you're at all concerned about making a trip to Europe like this, If you do your homework in advance, it is not hard at all. We do not know the language, and uh, we set several things up in advance, and and that that helped a lot in our getting around. The tip would be to try to, you know, really know what you're going to do when you get to these ports so that you can really make the most time of it at all. I guess that would be a tip is, is trying to get as much done in advance as you can. I would also say to try, if you've never done specialty dining before, to try Tuscan Grill or Murano or both. They are experiences that are more than just the food. Uh, the service and the atmosphere is very over the top. And I'm kind of cheap, so mm-hmm. typically would say, I'm not going to do specialty dining. But now that I've done it once or twice, I'm just like, it is so worth it. It is so worth that over the top experience. And then just knowing that it's not really like a relaxing vacation. It, it's a great vacation, but it's if if you want to learn the history and really explore Europe, you will be tired. You want yeah. to wear your best walking shoes. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent on that. Well, uh, what was the biggest highlight looking back over your sailing? I would say the weather was perfect. The Cinque Terre uh, region for photography was, was great. We had a blue sky day, which was great. I, I'd say that's a highlight. The ship itself is a, is a highlight. It's a treat. Um, I think it's a great size. So just being in that area, um, very calm water. We, we hit a great week, but very calm water and very, very blue skies. Cool. Well, uh, in closing, final thoughts of Celebrity Reflection. Well, definitely we will be back to Reflection or one of the sister ships. Um, I would say we have become celebrity loyalists and really appreciate the value that, that you get for what you pay for. The one thing that uh, I picked up on as we were leaving is that in the season of 2019, in the summer season, uh, Reflection is going to move to Northern Europe. Mm-hmm. And um, that might be far enough out for us to, to maybe consider looking at that one and, uh, and trying to do kind of the same ship but a different region. And um, it was fun. It's, it's a beautiful ship. It's about the right size. Um, it doesn't have all the stuff that I've, you know, I've heard that are on some of these, you know, mega ships now, like mm-hmm. water slides and ice skating rinks and mm-hmm. so on. But uh, we're we're in our mid fifties for our age. That's totally fine. We're yeah. traveling without kids, and the offerings they have for us are just are just right. Awesome, Todd. Thanks for sharing your review of Celebrity Reflection. Thank you very much. Enjoy listening to your show. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip. 
online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out tripinsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.